Welcome, everyone. It's another episode of Play the Kids. We are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, and we are a part of the beautiful game network. I am Kevin McCamish of Stumptown Footy and the USL Show, and with me, as always, is Joshua Duter. How you doing, Josh? Doing good, Kev. All right. Don't forget to uh, check out our new website, playthekids.com. You can find all the subscription information you need, uh, whether you want to subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Check it out, playthekids.com. Um, right into the news today, uh, just want to do a real quick revisit, remind everybody that FC St. Pauli is visiting Portland on May 22nd, and uh, we'll probably bring it up every single episode until then because it's exciting. And uh, if I happen to disappear for like a few seconds, it's probably because I'm eating my microphone so I don't cough on the air. Mm. Yeah, those mics are tasty. When do tickets go on sale for that St. Pauli match? Um, I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would say April. Okay. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> for some reason, it, it, it seems like, if I remember right, the um, news release had mentioned April, but... You know, I'm not sure, so don't take me on that. But um, look out, look for those tickets. Um, they'll be per, very well priced. Um, I would expect it to be a very popular match, um, and portion uh, a portion of those proceeds will go to the IRCO. So, um, other news: T2 they opened up 2018, played the first match. Uh, it was a loss. Um, however, even though the result did not go our way. The game was uplifting, if that's the word I want to use. Um, just like I said, despite the result, I was actually very pleased with the match. Um, surprisingly enough, uh, it was a 2-1 loss at Tacoma. Uh, S2 have now moved to Tacoma. They played at Cheney Field, Cheney Stadium, whatever it was. It's a baseball field. Yeah. Um which it looked like it was okay. They had 6,000, mm -hmm. I think, 49 people in attendance, which is high for anywhere in USL, let alone an MLS2 side. Right. Um, so it seems like at, at one game in at their new home stadium that they're going to find some success there, at least on the business side. Uh, now, you know, any away match is always going to be difficult. I mean, that's why home teams have home field advantage. So... Historically speaking, <coughs> excuse me. So historically speaking, going you know T two going S two, they, they they almost never get a result. Um, it is a brand new squad, brand new coach. You know, there's adjustments. So when I picked uh, on the USL show, when I picked my um, you know who would win and what the scoreline would be for all the different games, when it came down to T two and S two, I wanted to pick a T two win. I even want to be like, man, they could probably get a draw. But unfortunately, I went, well, actually, fortunately, I went with my head and not my heart and got a perfect result on that and got maximum points from our team um, by predicting a 2-1 Seattle win. Uh, but it really, if you watch the first half, you wouldn't think it was going to be that way. The first 40 minutes of the first half, the entire game from kickoff to the 40th minute, it was all T2. Uh, it was uh, pretty spectacular. Um, I was on Twitter going like the 18th minute. I'm like, the, is, is T2 like hell bent on attempting to get me to have some hope this season? I mean, they're 
playing well. They're playing like an actual team. The the passing is not, you know, all over the place. They're actually, you know, getting most of their passes in. They're producing chances. Um, I think the I think maybe S2 had one single chance that really was more or more of a half chance throughout that entire first half up to the 40th minute to be clear. And and T2 had multiple chances and one which they put away um, in the 30th minute, which was actually a really nice one. Uh, Jimmy Mulligan, who was very, very active, and we can probably talk about him a little bit later, um, up the right side. It looks like he was playing a right back. Um, he got way, way up in the attack, always is getting up in the attack, always back to defend. Seems like the guy really is a, a very strong workhorse. Um, put a cross in, went past the Sounders defender. The keeper put his hands out like he was going to catch it, but it just kind of went through his hands. And he was like, wait, I didn't I didn't touch the ball. And then Augustine Williams was back there and be like, all right, I'll tap it in for a, into an empty net for my first goal and first goal of the T2 season. So I'm sure he would love more of those. It was as, as easy as easy can be. Um, and T2 were up 1-0 in the 30th minute. And I was like, wow, this uh, this could actually happen. You know, we could actually spoil their little home opener. Um, but akin to, you know, the USL level of play and <coughs> maybe it's just maybe it's just some some bad luck or or boogie boogeyman with having T2 being in Seattle and uh, something happens. Something happens over a period of two, three, four minutes. <clears throat> Jimmy Mulligan, as active as he was, was also very active in the defensive end. Um, took out a player in the, in, towards the edge of the box, but it was inside the box. It was absolutely a foul. So mm-hmm. it was a very easy, stone-cold penalty call. Um, and uh, TS2 converted the PK and tied it up, I think, in the 41st minute or 42nd minute or something like that. Um just before halftime, and then you're going thinking, well, well, darn it, you know that's uh, unfortunate, but maybe we'll make it to the maybe we'll make it to halftime at one one, and we'll see what we can do in the second half. Uh, however, unfortunately, sixty to ninety seconds later, um, two minutes on the on the shot clock, it was uh, <clears throat> their their one of their midfielders or their forwards or somebody, Nicholas Hines, and um, <clears throat> he. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Decided to play good for all of thirty seconds, mm-hmm. um, and he was able to <clears> get <throat> through some players. Chip the keeper, um, Alex Mangle, our keeper, Alex Mangles, um, and put the ball in the top corner of the net um, and put S two up two one right before the half. It was very unfortunate, and 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 seriously, like out of ninety minutes of game time, the only time that S two played well was like those five minutes, and that was it. And that's all it took. Like yeah. that's all it took. They got their two goals, and then they held us off for the rest of the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the second half, S two did play better overall, but T two was still the dominant team for most of the second half. Um, I would say for a good thirty minutes of that second half, T two were easily the most dominant team, um, particularly towards the end of the second half. I think Bobasi. Um, he had a shot that came off of the crossbar. I don't remember when that was. I think the 77th minute. Uh, Lucas Cini, Academy product, he subbed on in the 82nd minute. Five minutes later, he actually forced uh, the save of the game out of the S2 keeper. 
Um, a diving save to keep his shot out of the net. So, you know, he came very close to equalizing and stealing some points there. Um, and then also <coughs> another Academy product, Carlos Aguiano. Aguiano, um, he did uh, very, very well. He had a sub on in the first half for Terrell Lowe, who came off to, for uh, to make sure he didn't have a concussion. And uh, he was doing very well with his passing in the midfield. Um, did not look out of place at all uh, at this level. And, uh, you know, the kids like a you know 16 17 year old academy midfielder um looks great and it's and, and with Anguiano with Cini coming out and, per, and performing so well with previous academy products you know Langsdorf and Farfan getting first team contracts you can finally see how the academy is beginning to produce um it's taken 5 years mm-hmm. but i think we're finally starting to see the results and i think throughout this season we'll probably see more of players like Cini and Angli- and Anguiano, and uh, and the more that we see them, the more they prove themselves. I think the more people are going to get excited about, you know, hey, we have an academy, and we actually have some decent players coming out of the academy. Mm-hmm. There'll be some matches coming up as well that I think these players will have an opportunity to. Um where their hard work will pay off. I think it's like you say, it's kind of hard to on your opening match to go up to your quote unquote, you know, Cascadia rival and and try to perform and pull a win out of that situation. It wasn't, it wasn't always going to be a loss, but we're hard pressed to guarantee a win. Like you, you know, you suspected on the USL show um, and anyone worth their salt would have bet against the, against T2 going up there for that. But you know, S2 is not the best team in the in our conference, not by a long shot, but it's just a it's a hard match to expect much out of. But <clears throat> there'll be some home matches. There's going to be some other teams that, you know, as as the season progresses, I think we'll see these players put in performances. Or I think we'll get some results out of this that we might not have seen last year. Maybe it's a, a new mentality under a new head coach. Maybe it's um, academy products that um, are new to us and um, are getting an opportunity to shine. Uh, maybe it's a mix of having some USL uh, veterans come in and um, compete for time w- with the young players. You know, it's it's a little bit of all of these things, and it, it gives you hope for the season. It, it does, and I and I think a big thing is, you know, with with all the opportunities, there's thirty uh, one. More games, 33 more games. I can't remember mm-hmm. how many games there were this season, um, whether it's 32 or 34 total. Mm-hmm. But it's only the first game. You know, it, it was an, it's an away match. Um, it's I'm, I'm sure it was a difficult place to play because they actually had so many uh, fans there. Um, it was a new stadium. I don't think T2 has never been there before. You know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, that make, you know, of the away games more difficult. And despite all of that, you know, T2 played extremely well. Maybe not like, (coughs) excuse me, maybe not like the best team in USL, certainly not the best team in USL, but compared to what we've seen uh, of years past of versions of T2, they played easily like the most competent version of a second team that I think we have seen since their inception, um, which in, in in and of itself is high praise, 
but but I, I'm trying to temper that with the fact that they are still uh, not even remotely the best team in USL, but certainly better than they ever have been before. Or you know, at least they were showing like, hey, we're taking this seriously. Uh, we're out here to win. We're actually performing like a team. We're making our passes like a team. You know, um, there were certainly players that stood out, but overall, like all the all the guys, they, I think they knew what they were doing. You know, it, it it looked like they were actually out there to play some soccer, um, and it showed. It, and and it did not show on the scoreline, unfortunately. Um, but again, just one game. It's an away game. They have lots more lots more games to prove themselves, and we'll see how all that works out uh, throughout twenty eighteen. Um, so um, with that, players that I wanted to highlight uh, specifically, Modu Jadama, um, we had signed from, well, I think we just signed. I don't know if we signed him directly from Tulsa, but last season he spent, um, I think he started every game for the Tulsa Roughnecks, um, signed to the first team. So he was he was one of the two, one of only two players loaned down. And um, so you have, you know, here a, a defender who spent, the entire last season in USL playing strictly for a USL independent side. So, so that alone puts a, a defender a center back out there who has USL experience. That's, that's probably a, a big improvement. Just, just that alone across that back line. Now you also have a new addition, Jimmy Mulligan, as I was talking about earlier, he previously played uh, for Gio Savarese at Cosmos. Um, now he was also he was very active on the right side. He provided the assist to the only goal that we scored, but also gave up the PK. So a little active on both sides for both teams, you could say. Um, and and with you know Jimmy Mulligan, I think he was added the day before the season started on the fifteenth. So you know even though T two was adding some players a little bit earlier, they still had their you know kind of typical right before the kickoff. Here's a here's a player we're gonna or a player two we're gonna add. Um, they added defender Jimmy Mulligan and goalkeeper Austin Pack. Um, Pack played for Puerto Rico in the NASL and Mulligan played for the Cosmos in the NASL. So it's really just kind of a matter of here's a league that you know pour one out. They don't exist anymore and probably won't ever exist again um, in their current form. So all these players need someplace to play. So you can have these USL sides picking up some half decent talent, but. <clears throat> with Jimmy Mulligan, you know, he's 26 year old, 26 years old, but he's got, you know, lots of good experience at playing at the NASL and for a very good New York Cosmos teams, um, made 69 appearances, 63 starts. He's, you know, had a goal under Savarese playing there. Um, he helped him claim back-to-back NASL championships in 15 and 16. You know, I mean, um, he joined Swope Park Rangers on loan for the 16 USL season. So even then he has USL experience, even though it's, you know, like a half season, I think played 17 matches, you know, and <coughs> uh, pardon me, still trying to get over this cold. Um, so, you know, I mean, he a little bit older, you know, it, it, I think the average age of the team, I haven't looked at it, but I'm, you know, it, it has gone up, but you're getting these players that are still mid twenties, um, but have lots of experience. NAS, whether it's NASL or USL, they've got professional experience and it seems to be that they're bringing it to T2 and improving the uh, the squad overall. Um, at least their quality of play has certainly increased, um, and the product on the field that you that you can watch uh, is a lot more appealing to the eye. 
um, causing much fewer, you know, please stab my eyes. I don't want to watch this anymore. Type of reactions like we saw in 2017. <laughs> um, question for you. T2, yes. T2 acquired uh, Derrickson Vuelto shortly before our first match. Um, and it looked like we probably could have used a little bit of firepower um, in the second half of our match against S2. Um, do we know if there's any reason? Did we, one, is it just me or did we not see Derrickson? And also, if we did not see Derrickson, um, are we waiting for a visa? Are we waiting for any type of um, legal approval? What What's up with that? Oh, yeah. We're just currently waiting for Derrickson and uh, Marvin Loria to join the team. Um, they were not yet approved um, to play. They're waiting for the ITC international transfer certificates to come in and uh, getting those player visas processed um, so they can join the team. Um, I don't know if we'll see them this weekend, but it's uh, obviously far more likely to see them this Saturday against the switchbacks as opposed to last Saturday when they didn't have their paperwork in. So, yeah, it's just a matter of paperwork. No one's injured. Um, they they just, just haven't gotten that paperwork in. Now, since we're on that topic, another reason why we never didn't see any first-team loanees except for Jadama and Ibabasi um, was because uh, supposedly rumor is uh, Savarese kept everyone back in Portland, um, every first-team player almost, obviously except for Jadama and Ibabasi, um, and kind of played a closed-door scrimmage between the teams, mm. uh, between all the first-team players, and was kind of like, uh, you know, play for your position. Supposedly, it's like supposedly, the, it's like the Hunger Games for uh, for Geo. He's trying to keep everybody feeling like they have a shot at a position and and uh, playing a lot of uh, giving everyone a lot of opportunity to fight for that. So that's awesome. I, I, I from what I'm hearing, um, you know, the pre from preseason on, it's just the the practices and the atmosphere in the first team is a lot different than it was in the past. Not and not meant to disparage and remark for the last head head coach of the of the first team, but the new head coach definitely does play the kids, and he at the very least gives them a chance to fight uh, for that opportunity. I think that's awesome, and and that gives me hope that we'll see some of these younger guys, um, these academy guys, get into T two, and some of these T two guys uh, get into the first team sooner than um, maybe we could have expected. Uh, in past iterations of the of the organization, yeah, absolutely, and, and and again, also brings another another point to the to the result is uh, you know I mean T two played so well and they played with you know st almost strictly T two and academy players, um, you know Carlos Aguiano had to play over sixty minutes, Lucasini played um, about ten minutes, and. I mean, the only the 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 people on the bench were only academy players. That's all they had was or academy players on the bench, and so everybody else in the team was was a T two player except for the the two first team loanees, and and they played very well. And so what you had is you had strictly T two players go up to S two and play very well and almost almost get something out of the match. Um, you know, they probably deserved a draw. I think a draw would have been a, would have been deserved if they had they put some of their second half shots you know on frame better. Um, I think T2 outshot S2 both um, in in total tar in total shots, but 
were way off on the um, convert, like just being like, if you keep them on frame and then, you know, if you can't get them on frame, well, you can't test really, can't really test the keeper too well and, and try to get some of those in. But <clears throat> some of that stuff like can be resolved by Derrickson coming in or, you know, maybe getting uh, Langsdorf loaned, uh, loaned down, you know, uh, any, anything there, there's, there's lots of attacking talent, whether it's, you know, getting some of the international players in their paperwork, paperwork process, getting some first team loanies. Um, I really think T2 uh, is going to do well this year. Um, mid table. I, I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm thinking mid table, but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I yeah. don't want to get my hopes up too much based on one game, but I also don't want to get downtrodden on one game. Going, oh, it's the same old T2. They're just going to lose everything. So. Um, you know, last season that was the case, but this season, based on how what I saw them, how I saw them play, I think that they're going to do a lot better. Yeah. So you had you had briefly mentioned uh, our our upcoming away match to switch backs on Saturday. Yep. Um, I know we it's we're only one match in, and I'm not going to read the entire standings. Um, and it doesn't really matter that much. Portland are just because of the one match in and one losser around the bottom and the uh, Colorado switchbacks one match in and one win are right around the top. Um, so they, uh, they had a nice, I think it was a two nil win um, at home. They, they opened up at home and then they have another, they host the T host T2 this Saturday at 5 PM at Widener field. Uh, so they'll have a back, you know, kind of a back to back home start. Uh, should be comfortable for them uh, um, again at altitude. This is something we spoke about at length last year. Um, it's difficult for any team to uh, to go to Colorado, whether it's playing against the Rapids or if it's playing against the Switchbacks or you know if it's you know pointy ball gridiron going up there and playing against some of those those football teams up there. Um, it's kind of hard to go up and be competitive for the duration of. Uh, of an athletic competition. So uh, I don't have high expectations for T2 to go to Colorado and, and pull out anything spectacular. But again, um, just speaking on last year, even when things didn't look great for T2 last year, they were able to go to Colorado and get a result when we didn't expect it. So um, yeah, altitude is a problem because of the thin air, but it, you know, the sport being what it is, don't you never know what to expect yeah i mean absolutely so so like you're mentioning colorado switchbacks they won uh at home against la galaxy 2 um it was a 2-0 win and probably should have you know the scoreline is is a little bit um humble to how it was played because it seems like from what i saw <clears throat> the switchbacks controlled basically the entire match you know they led 15-4 on total shots, five to one on shots on target. So it was, uh, I mean, you know, LA had almost nothing going forward. Um, you know, three thousand people in attendance. You know, Colorado led in possession. They got a goal in the twenty-fifth minute. They got a, converted a PK in the fifty-fifth minute. Um, they they pretty much dominated that match. So so you're absolutely right. Like I'm not expecting much of anything. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the game with excitement uh, because I'm interested to see how, how T2 can do, if they can continue 
to play like they played against S2, then even if the results don't go uh, their way, it's going to look like some good soccer. Because um, it really seems like T2 is actually doing a better job of trying to play the way Savarese wants to play as far as being able to uh, work the high press. Um, <clears throat> T2 were T- T2 seemed to be more committed to that than the first team was in the first two games. Um, I know that our first team's first game they were committed and it didn't work out, and then the second game they were a little bit less committed and it really didn't work out. Um, T2 they 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 felt committed and they seem to be doing a better job, and maybe it's just because of younger players. You know they are able to run around more. Um, I, you know, I think when you do play a high press game, it's, it's benefits you to have youthful exuberance, uh, in your lineup to kind of cover some of that, what you, what you want to do with that type of, um, you know, plan. So that's kind of what I want to see. Um, expectations are none. Um, when I do my picks for the USL show this weekend, I will probably choose, uh, a Colorado victory, I don't know what the goal line's going to be. Picking goals is a little bit harder to do, uh, obviously, but uh, I, I do not expect T2 to win. Now, if we get a result, fantastic. If we get a victory, even better. Um, but I'm going to watch and just see how T2 plays. Going to be keeping an eye out for players like, you know, Lucasini, Carlos Anguiano, Modu Jujama, Jimmy Mulligan, um, see if maybe. Maybe they get any further, they will. Um, T2, or the first team, has an away game that same day, right? Uh, I believe Saturday they're going to be playing away in Dallas. So anybody who does not travel to Dallas will probably travel to Colorado with T2. I mean, maybe not everybody, but some of the teams. So I would expect T2 to get a couple of first team loans this time around um, for an actual you know, T2 with loan ease match. Um and it'd be interesting to see how well they, they they shape up against switchbacks because it'll be a much better um, measuring stick to see how T2 plays against Colorado than it was to see T2 play against S2. Because S2 are kind of they're they're kind of like T2. They're not they're far, far, far from the best team in the USL. Now Colorado is one of the teams in the Western Conference that's probably gonna that will almost certainly make the playoffs and probably be in the top half of that, um, you know, probably ending in fourth or fifth place in the Western Conference. So they're going to be a legitimately good team, and they're that's going to be a very good measuring stick to see how T two plays, and and it doesn't really get easier for T two after that because, like the first team, um, they are going to be you know doing five road games, and you know outside of Seattle two. You know, you've got to go to Colorado Springs. They're going to be a really hard team to beat. Real Monarchs after that is going to be another hard team to beat. Um, Tulsa Roughnecks and then Oklahoma City Energy after that. So you're going to have a little um, Oklahoma uh, roundabout at the end of that road trip. Both of those teams are not teams to be um, sleeping on. You're going to want to make sure you stay focused on them. Those two teams, you know, where they end up in the Western Conference at the end of the season is is – You'd probably be easier to just kind of guess to see where they're gonna where they're gonna end up. Um, they're probably gonna be mid table teams, but but top of the mid table, one or both could very well make the playoffs. Um, so those two teams are gonna be you know still difficult, but I mean you could potentially get results there. 
Um, either way, you don't want to sleep on them, don't want to take advantage or underestimate the Oklahoma opponents there. Um, and then we'll come back home in April, uh, Merlot Field facing Rio Grande Valley. And I feel confident that that might be a good win right there. It'll be nice to get some points to bring home some points from the road trip, but you know, it's USL, it's T2. So if we come back 0 for 5, you know, don't panic. I'm not going to feel too bad. As long as T2 continue to play the way that I saw them play against S2, I will at least know that they're doing a good job. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching a few of the remaining away games, um, but definitely got the dates circled on my calendar for when T2 come back to play at Merlot. Uh, I miss the pizza. I miss the atmosphere. And, um, yeah, hopefully we get some nice weather. Nice to It'd be nice to sit outside with you and maybe record live. I don't know. We, we've done that once or twice. I think we could do it again. It'd be great. Certainly. Yeah, we have we have done it twice, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do something like that for sure. Um, anything else you'd want to talk about? Um, switchbacks, they are coming. This game will be this Saturday, the 24th, um, 5 p.m. kickoff at Widener Field. Um, way, way up, over a mile up. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to feel good about it just just to watch T2 play. Mm-hmm. Because I've I've kind of got that renewed interest, um, the vigor, the excitement, like, hey, T two doesn't actually suck. Yeah. Um, just to watch. Yeah. Again, I, but I'm not expecting any result though. But mm. I'm gonna watch them with the mindset that hey, they don't suck anymore. This is great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna definitely watch the match. Um, I haven't had a chance to really break down. Um, teams in the USL West this year, like I have in the past, um, I think I'll start paying a little bit more attention as as the now we're sort of getting into the into the season. So I'm not quite sure uh, how they play, um, or you know if they've had any coaching changes or anything. Um, so I look forward to maybe doing a little bit more investigating going forward, being a little bit uh, more insightful about our opponents. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to. You know, now that the season has started, it'll be fun to start um, watching some of these matches. All right. Um, any fourth division soccer news you want to drop, uh, drop yeah. on people before we head yeah. cut, cut out? I've got a few things. Um, so USL PDL, the um, Northwest Conference, you've got the Timbers under 23s. Uh, they had their open tryouts recently. I'm not quite sure. They haven't made a whole handful of of player announcements yet, but they do have their um, Vagabond Brewing preseason tournament. Starts on April 28th, and then they have a second uh, matchup for that same tournament will be on May the 6th. So uh, it'll be the Timbers under 23s will play, I believe, South Sound FC and then PDX FC will play on the 28th against Tri-City Union FC and then the winners and losers respectively will match up on May 6th. Um, If you are a PDX FC fan or aspiring fan, um, I may have access to some tickets for you. So you can at me on Twitter um, either through the at PDXFC Twitter handle or th- 
through the at Joshua R. Duder. Um, either way, I can let you know about up some you know available tickets for the preseason tournament. Um, I know PDXFC may be dropping as we record on a Wednesday night. Um, PDXFC may be dropping some season ticket information on a Thursday morning. Um, and their big cartel website is up. So you might be looking for any season ticket information to be up and available by the time this podcast is, is, uh, is available for you to listen to. Um, I know FC Malouz in the uh, PDSL, again, fourth division Portland team, um, recently announced a handful of players, one of which was former, uh, I believe, T2 player and definitely uh, Timbers uh, product, Steve Stephen Evans. Um, and so if you were ever wondering where Stevie or Stephen Evans is playing, his, he played last year for PDXFC and then this year made the made the switch to FC Molu's Portland. So that'll be a point of contention as uh, PDXFC and FCM Molu's sort of uh, uh, FCM Portland sort of build this budding rivalry between the between themselves. Um, PDXFC uh, announced a handful of players um, as well, a few of which were um, pretty interesting. They announced... Um, Let's see, Marcus Dickerson, which is a, a goalkeeper out of um, Los Angeles, but spent some some time playing in the Norwegian lower leagues for Kongsvinger IL, um, as well as uh, who else did they they announced the re-signing of Sonimi Holiday, who is a center back, played at Ryder University. Um, let's see, I've got a couple more. Let's see. Uh, Jerson Mejia is coming back. He played at Clark College and also is a Timbers under 23s product. Um, Matt Payne uh, is coming back as a forward, uh, played at Yavapai Community College, played also at Concordia University. Uh, Brendan Weber uh, plays center back. He's from uh, Portland's, old, uh, Portland's own Central Catholic High School and play, currently plays for University of Portland Pilots. And then uh, Blake Leonetti is coming back to PDXFC, uh, he's a center midfielder. Um, he's a Portland Timbers Academy product and uh, currently plays for Utah Valley University. So, um, you know, if if the uh, Portland Timbers Academy products uh, can't find some time into T2 or they just need a little bit more development, you you could actually find some of these, these Timbers uh, Academy products and even former T2 players playing for uh, the black and gold or even playing for FCM Malouz. Um, and then last but not least on the fourth division, um, fourth division front um, opening day will be uh, May 12th for PDXFC. They will be playing at Concordia University's Hilkin Community Stadium and they'll be welcoming last year's NPSL Northwest champions Kitsap Pumas uh, will be welcoming welcoming them to Portland. Um, and Kitsap, I don't know if you know the history behind Kitsap Pumas, but their owner is a former uh, minor, minority owner of the Seattle Sounders. Um, and so when the Sounders went to uh, MLS, his portion of the USL team was bought out 
and he went and took over Kitsap Pumas. Um, and basically, I think that this is, aside from the Timber, or aside from PDXFC having sort of an in-town rivalry with FCM, I think Kitsap Pumas is going to be sort of that Cascadia, that sort of that bigger picture rival. Um, they're, they are the sort of the um, premier team in the Pacific Northwest MPSL. Um, they have a very a good history of winning. I think they used to play in the in the PDL, where they um, are re a regular entry into the uh, U.S. Open Cup, which is sort of the big carrot that's dangling at the fourth division. One of those things that, as an MLS uh, team, you, you you sort of take that first uh, first or second um, foray into the U S open cup every year for granted. You, you're not quite sure if you're going to play somebody before you get to the Sounders, but you know, you eventually play the Sounders. Well, the Kitsap Pumbas are another local team that, um, can very well be uh, a regional competition for either the Timbers or the Sounders in the U S open cup. And, and what Kitsap has is what PDXFC wants. Um, so Kitsap will play their first open cup match on uh, either the 8th or the 9th of May, and then they will come down to Portland on the 12th of May, and then they go back and they play either on the 15th or 16th of May in the second um, in the second round if they win the first round. So it's a really good opportunity for PDXFC to catch Kitsap, you know, um, when they're sort of stretched with three matches in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So um, that'll be a fun opener. Uh, we'll give you some more information on that and tickets as we get closer to that. Um, and I really am grateful for you giving me the time to talk about it, Kev. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think we should just be expecting every episode to have some fourth division soccer news. Oh, it's towards the end. fast and furious. Absolutely. Um, so that'll be, uh, it for us. Um, you know, again, T2 lost the first match, but they played very well. Um, showed some some reasoning for for actually being excited to watch T2 this season. Um, they're going to be playing switchbacks this Saturday, the twenty fourth, five p.m. Weidner Field. Assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, don't expect a result, but do watch it and be excited about T2 um, not being bad this season. We'll see how that goes. Um, you can find us online, Twitter at PTK Podcast at K McCamish PDX and at Joshua R Duder. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we are on, you can find Josh on PDXFC. You can find me on stumptownfooty.com. You can also find me on the USL show at the USL show and the USL show.com. We are uh, on the beautiful game network. Lots of different uh, podcasts to listen. Um, not just play the kids, not just USL show, but you know, check out Mon Goals. They do coverage for Pittsburgh Riverhounds, unused substitutes, and they cover Tampa Bay. Mm. Um, lots of uh, lots of good uh, podcasts out there. The network keeps growing, um, so check it out. BGN FM. Check it out. Um, and also thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, and then lastly, don't forget, check us out, playthekids.com. Subscribe using those links on our website for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Anything else? 
Uh, last but not least, I'll be on the Roots Up podcast. I don't know if that's a beautiful game network podcast yet, but they cover the lower, lower leagues, those of which I love to speak about. And I'll be talking about the uh, the uh, NPSL Pacific Northwest. So I'll give a full breakdown on the Roots Up podcast. Uh, thanks for the chance to bump that show. Uh, and uh, thanks for the chance to, uh, to to put myself out there. Absolutely. And uh, that'll be it for us. Uh, This episode will be out on Friday the 23rd, and our next episode will be out two Fridays after that. Everybody enjoy your beautiful, hopefully beautiful and not rainy weekend.